stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. Happy Mother's Month. On this episode, we're talking about midwifery with our very dear friend, Remy Ejuami. And did you know that midwifery can be traced back to 40,000 BC? So if you have questions about selecting a midwife to support your birth process, please stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by babyready.info. Welcome, everyone. This week, I am extremely excited to introduce you to someone that I consider to be a friend I've known for more years than I think either one of us cares to count. Um, She is a midwife, and she is just well-known everywhere across the birthing world, especially in the province of Ontario, as being a birth guru. And you know, Laurel, anyone who listens to the show knows Laurel sometimes does anecdotal stories. My one of my very first earliest and fondest memories of you, Remy, was when we were at a birth together for a mutual client who was struggling with breastfeeding after a cesarean section. And you were showing her how to put the baby to the body to feed and you were putting your hand up against your nose to show her that babies can breathe out the side, even if it looks like they're suffocating. And that's will forever be one of my earliest fondest memories of you. So welcome Remy. We're grateful that you he- you're here and we hope that you'll maybe start by telling us what the heck is a midwife. Thank you so much for having me. So midwives are clinicians, but we're more than clinicians in Ontario since 1994, if somebody is has been pregnant and they're having a low-risk uncomplicated pregnancy, and generally the way that we define that is somebody who is healthy when they're not pregnant and somebody who, if they've had previous pregnancies, have had relatively straightforward pregnancies, people have had the choice of having as a caregiver either a midwife, a family doctor, or an obstetrician. So midwives are autonomous, meaning we provide care on our own responsibility. Primary caregivers, meaning you don't have to be referred to midwives in order to get a midwife to take care of you for your pregnancy. And we provide comprehensive care to pregnant people through their entire pregnancy, through labor and and birth. And so for people who have uh, spontaneous vaginal deliveries, we would also uh, assist with the delivery independently. And then once the baby is born, we provide care to the birthing parent and the newborn for the six weeks after the baby is born. And all of that care encompasses putting the client at the center of care. So having clients decide their own care, we provide all of the information, all of the research, all of the evidence, spend time building relationships with folks um, so that they feel comfortable making decisions about their care and what's important to them and what isn't important to them. And so in the pregnancy portion of their care, we're seeing them on the same schedule that they would see a family physician or an obstetrician, but the appointments are typically 30 to 45 minutes long to build in time for conversation and getting to know each other. Through labor and birth, we're with people continuously. So it's not a matter of changing shifts and people coming in and out. The person who's your primary midwife 
is with you from the point in time that you're in active labor and need support until generally about three or four hours after the baby is born. And then in the postpartum period, for the, at least the first two weeks, we um, provide home care. So we come to people where they are rather than them having to pack up a newborn into a car seat. If you can figure out even how the car seat works and bring them to an office. And then usually the one month and the six week checkup we do in our office. And then we provide them with a full set of all of their records so that they can go back to whoever their regular care provider is, pediatrician, family doctor, naturopath, chiropractor, whoever that is, that is their regular family care provider. Okay. I have a question. Sure. <laughs> so I thought I wanted a midwife with my first birth. Okay. As a couple of friends had had midwives and really enjoyed the process, very different. And I was in, I was a practicing brand new deliverer of children. <laughs> and so I went to my doctor and I said, I think I want a midwife. And he took one look at me and he said, well, I'm not going to be your caregiver during this pregnancy process. He, now, mind you, this was very late, like mid nineties when things are probably different now, but let's say we're a new mom mm -hmm. and we're trying to weigh out the options. How do we figure out what we're supposed to do? Traditional, non-traditional, midwife, obstetric, how do we figure that out? So, I mean, I will say, straight up front, I'm obviously going to give you a biased answer. <laughs> but I think that the benefit of midwifery is that we're integrated into the healthcare system. We have strong relationships with our physician colleagues, so the specialists on both the obstetrical side and the pediatric side. And so if you feel comfortable with the model of care that midwifery provides, which is putting the client at the center of decision making, providing time spent with our clients, um, continuity of care, following them, whether they're in the their home, the community, or the hospital. The thing that to me is sort of brilliant about midwifery care is that if a complication develops, if something takes your pregnancy out of the realm of what you expected it to look like, we're also going to be your health system navigators in the sense that we're going to access that obst obstetrician for you. We're going to access that endocrinologist for you if you develop gestational diabetes. We're going to get you the pediatrician if the baby comes unexpectedly earlier, has complications. And so with midwifery, you're never losing out on anything. It's always sort of value added. So you get your midwife and if you need it, you get the extra care. But if you don't, then you're sort of continue. And I would say 80 to 90% of the time, you're going to have just your midwife involved in your care. But if you need the additional care, if, if your health care becomes more complex, then we also don't just disappear. We help you navigate that as well. Can I ask you to tell me, what was it like? I guess I, I've been involved in the birth world over 20 years and, mm -hmm. and there's hospitals, even in the greater Toronto area where midwifery is, is a much more appreciated profession or has been all the way through compared to others. Has it evolved that it's pretty universal now that it's, or is there, are there still areas where there are challenges? Uh, I mean, I would say it's, it would be, accurate to say that there are still areas where there are challenges. Having said that, midwifery has now been present in Ontario since 1994, which is, uh, what is 28. that, 28 years, you know? So I think that, and, and because midwifery is embedded in the healthcare system, we did not evolve the type of midwifery that happens in uh, the US, for example, where you have midwives that work just at home births, 
or just in birth centers, and then other midwives who are employees of the hospital. Midwifery in Ontario has always been autonomous, always been integrated, always uh, provided for choice of birthplace so that we follow the client. And that if we have somebody who's at a home birth who needs to transfer into hospital, we're coming with them and we're navigating the system and we're building those relationships with colleagues. So I think even in the places where it's challenging, it has over time improved as people develop relationships and they get familiar with their colleagues and they kind of know what to expect. I'm certainly really privileged that I've worked in a community where midwifery has always been wholeheartedly accepted and valued and recognized. And so, you know, I, I do live in a little bit of a bubble in the sense that, you know, it's always been seamless at, at the hospital uh, that I work at, which is Trillium Health Partners, at both the Mississauga Hospital and the Credit Valley Hospital sites. And so when we come into the hospital with a client, they're treated just like anybody else's, you know, and they recognize that if we don't need them, we're going to go into the room and close our door and have our little, you know, sort of nice cozy bubble of care. And if we need their, you know, our nursing colleagues or our pediatric colleagues or our obstetrical colleagues or the anesthesia folks, they're going to come in, do their piece, say congratulations to the person. And, you know, you probably won't ever see them again, but they were there for the piece you needed them for. Right. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, mid midwifery is kind of an ancient art. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but when some people, when I talk to them about midwifery, I know you guys were joking about it when I joined the call, but you know, there is this still this stigma of, you know, what Sam said, Sam said, described it as Birkenstock, long skirted. Now I'm going to add witch's brew, cauldron (laughs) bubbling, things in their hair, you know, flowers in their hair and essential oils whipping all over the place. (laughs) What's the reality? (laughs) I would say that the reality is that for midwives who are educated here in Ontario, it's a four-year Bachelor of Health Science degree. It's offered at Ryerson and McMaster universities. It was also previously offered at Laurentian, um, but sadly the program there closed down. It's been evaluated by um, academics from outside of Canada as the equivalent of a master's degree. So it is a university degree. It is a science-based, evidence-based degree. But midwifery is also an art and a science. And midwifery is based on putting clients at the center of care. And so for clients who want to integrate homeopathy or naturopathy or, you know, acupuncture or whatever other um, alternative type of healthcare that they want to integrate into their care, while we might not be experts, we're certainly letting them lead the way. And so if they have a a practitioner who's going to provide them with that care, they're welcome to integrate it. And some midwives have done additional training and can offer those, those skills and services as well. But I would say for the most part, midwifery is an art and a science, and very much we we weigh heavily on the side of providing evidence-based care. So, you know, I do own a couple of pairs of Birkenstocks, but I don't generally show up to births in them. Um, just from an IPAC standpoint, kind of, you know, not acceptable anymore. <laughs> um, and, you know, you might find the, the odd midwife who wears her hair in braids for traditional reasons. But yeah, you're, you're not typically going to see, you know, boiling water and, and uh, prairie skirts anymore these days. Those styles are coming back, by the they way. Are, they are. are. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this job? Oh, because I love it. I mean, it's, you know, there is no other job that I can think of where every day is different, 
where, you know, and it might sound really weird, but you get a constant opportunity to be surprised and proven wrong. You know, you, you never know who the person is who's going to, you know, totally rock their birth and who the person is who might have challenges, but really rises above those challenges. There's an opportunity to help people find their strength. It's, it's a job that is for sure all encompassing, you know, it, it crosses into our personal lives and mm-hmm. our family lives. And there really are, you know, very few boundaries in midwifery, sadly, um, our families might not appreciate that so much, but it's also in- incredibly rewarding as a result of that. And you get to build connections with folks who come back and have, you know, multiple babies with you over years. And that's, that's something really special, you know, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with people who are, Although it's healthcare and it's science, which to, you know, that sort of nerdy part of my brain that loves to learn is really appealing. It's also something that is not, you're not dealing with people who are sick. You're dealing with a healthy population of people who are coming in and having a really, really significant life event that also happens to have clinical and biological elements to it. But it's, it's, you know, there's cultural significance, there's people's values. It's yeah, to me, it sort of encompasses like everything that tickles my brain and and makes me excited. (laughs) I love that. How did you know that this was what you wanted to do? Like, yeah, I was just gonna say, I I have three degrees. Um, I'm somebody who, uh, you know, you can probably tell based on that really loves to learn. When I was doing my undergraduate degree at McMaster University, which is a biology and psychology degree, I knew that I wanted to end up in healthcare, but I really, you know, wasn't sure where I wanted to end up. And I had looked at a lot of different healthcare programs. And because I was at McMaster, which is where the midwifery program, one of the sites where it started, I happened to pick up, it really was serendipity, the school paper that had an article about this brand new profession called midwifery that was going to be starting the following year. And the program was going to launch at McMaster. And it it really kind of fell into my lap. And then I started to learn about, you know, my grandmother, who was a midwife, um, you know, British trained, but worked in Nigeria. Um, And my grandfather, who was a general surgeon, but delivered babies. And I had always had an interest in the obstetrical side of things. But when I was going through my undergrad, I was very quickly clear that I didn't necessarily want to go to medical school because it just sort of seemed like the traditional route. I, I wanted something different. I just didn't know what it was. And so this really satisfied that, that urge for me. It was birth, it was providing care to people who were healthy, it was building relationships, but it was also sort of ever-changing um, and it fit perfectly for me. That's so cool. So you've got multiple degrees, you have countless hours of experience and more babies than any one of us wants to count under your belt in terms of helping them come onto the, to the planet. And, and, and truthfully, that's not unlike obstetricians and surgeons. So surely you must be paid pretty much the same, right? Because you have similar amounts of schooling and hands-on experience and there must be an even playing field, right? So (laughs) you would think so. I mean, I, I will start by saying that I really, truly believe that all healthcare providers in the system, particularly having lived through the last two years that we've lived through, should be paid and valued what they're worth. And so my, what I'm, what I'm about to share with you is not in any way meant to reflect that I think anybody else should get less. 
I think everybody should absolutely be valued and paid what they're worth. But I think that there should be equity. Mm-hmm. And what midwives in Ontario have experienced um, over the last number of decades is that when midwifery was first funded in Ontario in 1994, the Ministry of Health, the government, decided that they were going to look at the skills, effort, responsibility, and working conditions that midwives would be working under, and they were going to figure out where that fit in the scale of all the other types of providers that existed in the system. And they decided that we fit somewhere between a salaried family physician, so not a family physician that can bill, you know, uh, infinitely, but a salaried family physician and a senior level, what at the time would now be the equivalent of a nurse practitioner. And over the subsequent decades, those other two categories of healthcare providers had, as is appropriate, increases on an annual or, you know, semi-annual basis over time. And midwives didn't. We sort of got left behind. As a result of multiple attempts to try and negotiate with the government to try and say, look, you know, we're not saying, because this is what we often get accused of, we want to be paid the same as doctors, but we're saying there's a, there's a range that should exist and that range should respect the fact that as independent, autonomous healthcare providers who take care of people in a very high risk area of uh, clinical care, who have huge amounts of responsibility, who are on call, you know, umpteen hours when we're working, um, who run our own businesses, who have lots of responsibilities, who have very difficult working conditions, are very skilled and put a lot of effort into the care that we do, that should match so that we're still continued to be slotted where is appropriate. And ultimately, when that um, attempt to negotiate and sort of, you know, uh, get the government to, to honor their responsibility was not successful, Ontario midwives decided to launch a human rights tribunal claim. And that was found in our favor. So the HRTO agreed with our position. And then the government uh, put in an appeal to the divisional court, which is the level of court that looks at whether or not the technical aspects of the claim are accurate. And the divisional court also upheld our claim. And now the government is in the process of appealing to the provincial appeals court. And so that appeal has been heard and we're waiting to hear back. And we're hopeful that that will also be held in our favor as the previous two proceedings have been. So I I feel like, you know, it's, I I don't think what we're asking for is unreasonable. I think it's, it's reasonable to put that pay equity framework in place and say that there's no reason that because we are predominantly female assigned at birth or, you know, uh, female presenting and provide care to people who are predominantly female assigned at birth or, or female presenting that, that we should somehow be disadvantaged when other folks are being kept, you know, their, their compensation is, is keeping pace. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask if there are any um, males that are midwives. Yeah, there are a couple of male midwives. Um, Interestingly, uh, I believe that the first male midwife that graduated out of the program, his mother is a midwife and has been a midwife for decades. So he grew up around midwifery. People often think, oh, well, that's weird to have a male midwife. But midwife is actually old English for with woman. So it's meant to represent the person that you're with, not the person who's the provider. And so it's totally appropriate for male midwives to be also be called midwives. Cool. I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do we have to change that now, that phrase? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether uh, we'll see, uh, you know, transition over the the subsequent years. Maybe they'll come up with some other term. Do you foresee being in this industry long term? I mean, you've played a lot of different roles within midwifery as well, not just hospital liaison, but at the provincial and and country level, right? National level. Yeah, I don't I don't see myself doing <laughs> anything other than midwifery for, you know, the foreseeable future and well into the future. Um, I think, you know, my role may continue to transition as it has over the last, you know, uh, number of decades. I'm, I'm at 26 years of practice now, I think. And so, you know, I, I still love the clinical part of what we do. It's I love being with people and, you know, helping them navigate their pregnancies and being with them at birth. But I'm also doing lots of other stuff as well, sort of at the more administrative level. And and so who knows at some point when sadly my body starts to (laughs) object to the multiple late nights, I I may transition out of clinical practice. But at this point, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. I hate to say this, my team of people here talking about midwifery, but we just have about a minute left in this conversation. (laughs) I know it goes by. So how can we find you and talk to you more about midwifery? Sure. So I would say the first place that people should look if they're looking for just general information about midwifery is the Ontario Midwives uh, Association website. And it's just ontariomidwives.ca. They have on their website, a find a midwife search function. So you can look by the city that you're in or the hospital that you want to deliver at. Um, And that's a really good way to just get general information about midwifery and also find midwives specifically if you're looking for clinical care. I personally am at Midwives of Mississauga. And so our website is midwivesofmississauga.ca. And so if you're in our community, um, then you can certainly uh, reach out to us and and, uh, look out for care um, that is local to you there. Amazing. Thank you so much for the gift you give the world every day as you catch babies and help people through their pregnancies. But thank you from Laurel and I for being on the show today and during this Mother's Day month. Thank you guys for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas. If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.